Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, Michael and Nate are with some other preachers in beautiful Lake Tahoe. Since we're talking about things we do in church this year, we decided while we had our preaching cohort together, we would talk about the art of preaching. So why don't you just sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey Michael, how's it going this week? It's going well, Nate. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good because we're in Lake Tahoe. Yes, I'm looking right at you. We're in the same room. In the same room, and we have some friends with us, which makes it even better. So uh, this is Joe Ibanez from Georgetown, Texas. Welcome, Joe. Hey, podcast world. (laughs) And this is J.J. Tuttle, who got us the condo here. He's from Carson City, Nevada, just right down the road. And this is my return participation in the podcast. That's right. How long has it been, J.J.? When was the last time you were on? Two years. years. I, yeah, I, no, I was, was in last California year, last time. Was it at Maggie's wedding? Oh, did we do this at Maggie's wedding? I don't know when we did it. I can't remember. I think we planned to, but I don't we know. Never we never got around to it. We never executed, or if we did, we didn't publish it. Is, is this so. your second time? Yeah, this is my second time. It would be my second time as well. So oh, We have two game return on to guests. Game gets the third time first. Right. i got to clear the air just before we get going, because we are here to plan out a year's worth of sermons. That's right. And everybody on Facebook, because I've been posting things, we're just playing around. <laughs> well, there has been some playing around. I, I think that's fitting, though, fitting. right? Because don't people I'll just think, like, pastors, they teach on Sunday morning and Wednesday night, and the rest of the time is just play. That's all I do. That's right. That's all I do, just play around. So, for those of you who don't know, what we do is we plan our sermons a year in advance. We don't write them all, but we know exactly kind of what series we're going to do. And if it needs to be adjusted throughout the year, we do that. So we thought it would be fitting to talk about why we do preaching in church today because we're up here planning a bunch of sermons and we got some other experts with us today. Well, yeah. I'll go get him. I'll go get him. <laughs> so why do we preach, guys? Why are we doing this stuff? Yeah. We're in our series, Things That Happen at Church. Uh, everybody knows that there's going to be a sermon. And sometimes there's going to be two or three. <laughs> and sometimes they dread that moment. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they will. Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, and, and in our world, right, like, it's interesting because the, the sermon, the word, that is kind of the center point of those services, right? Like, every, anything else can kind of come and go, but, yeah, the expectation is that is going to be there for sure. Yeah. I think the weirdest part about the sermon part of church is when you're a pastor visiting another church and you hear the sermon... And have you guys ever had that thought, like, why do people show up to listen to this? <laughs> like, I truly have. They have the same book. They, they, they have the same access to resources. Apparently, you've heard me preach before. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me laugh. Like, I, I look out sometimes, I'm like, you're sitting here for 30 minutes. Joe, your church is sitting there for 45 minutes. <laughs> I know I have done well at communicating if my father-in-law stays awake. That's, that's my, I preach to my father-in-law every week. And uh, yeah, it, it is an interesting thing because 
Yeah, and the other thing is when I listen to other people preach, I'm the fidgety, doesn't yeah. look like I'm paying attention, maybe on my phone. My new wife version, is like, right? You're on your yeah. version following along. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course I am. And Paula's like, set a better example for people. But I listen as I do things, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like doodling and stuff. But if I don't have paper, I'm just kind of doodling. So it's, it's, it is an interesting thing. And I think different traditions have different ways of doing it even. Like some sermons are 40, 45 minutes. Some are a five-minute homily. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk a little bit. Why, we, why do we do it? Michael, why do we do it? Put you on the spot. Obligation. Oh, no. <laughs> we get paid to I, I do think, it. Yeah, the, the belief here, I think, is that um, we came for the word and the table in a lot of cases. and so Yeah, that's been the tradition for sure. Um, so that's why we show up here. I, 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 we show up to pray. We show up to sing uh, or praise, um, give testimony. Um, and we show up to hear the word of God and preaching is different because sometimes sometimes it's real teaching you know it's real teachy uh, and that's good uh, I love sermons I like to I like to teach um, I don't know that I always have something new to say or some something to teach but uh, I think whether whether we have something new or not preaching is a revisiting of something we know often uh, in hopes that uh, it will find new life in our life Right, like it'll find new, new hope, new adventure, new direction, new vision, new, wh whatever it is, some newness to this word of God, that uh, maybe will inspire the week that we're facing or the season that we're facing. Um, and yeah. so I think there's some, some hope at least on the preacher's part, that the inspiration that they experience in study, would then be communicated to the congregation yeah. so that they could benefit from it as well. Yeah, I like the idea of hope, and we actually tried to have a series in this year called A New Hope, and then we thought <laughs> copyright people might get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want Disney might. coming after you. Yeah. That's so, Joe, you got anything to add to that? I thought that was, that was good. Yeah, yeah I, the distinction between teaching and preaching, right, is one of the things that's real interesting, and, but, but the sermon, right, kind of walks that line between the two. Um, it, it's taking, um, you know, a significant amount of study and work and then turning it into something that is exciting and fun and hopeful and um, and thought provoking um, for for folks that you hope were, are falling in love with the Bible, um, and and all of that is then upheld by the power of the Spirit. Like there's this kind of mysterious side to that as as it, it kind of becomes that preferred medium, right? The Scripture is that preferred medium for the Holy Spirit to speak the Word of God into our hearts, and and so each Sunday is this like practice, this discipline. Of, of all of that study and kind of walking that line between teaching and proclamation in hopes that the Spirit will inspire us all to fall in love with the Scriptures all the more and the Word of God. And I, th I think like in the sermon too that we don't, I think a lot of us think that as soon as that last song is done and we stand up, that's when the sermon starts. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it, but I think that, I think you guys would agree that everything we do on a Sunday morning is part of that sermon. I mean, from like... It, you, you guys got yeah. to see my church for the first time, and well, some of you have seen it online. You walk into a familiar sanctuary, but like the colors that we put up are there for a reason. The reason why we have the word and, ta and table at the front. You know, I, I'm not just a participant in the in the podcast. I'm also a super fan. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is this is usually my soundtrack of, for disc golfing. And when you guys talked about communion, um, you guys did such a great job of balancing that purpose of word and table. And I think that's that needs to be said here too. And and I realized a couple of years ago that 
my job is not to teach some new and amazing thing to my people. My job is to remind them of what they already know. Good, yeah. And I think yeah. a sermon does that. I think a, a sermon is there to remind them of what they already know. They're mm-hmm. there. And even, even, even if you're a first-time visitor, yeah. if we do believe in this convenient grace thing, we're just reminding them what right. they already know. Absolutely. Yeah, I pray that good. like every Sunday, right? That's part of the pastoral prayer is right. help us to remember things we never should have forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that's good. Because that, that really is, for me, that's the distinction between uh, teaching and preaching. Because I think when I think about teaching, I think maybe this is something new. Maybe this is some connection point that you've never seen before. Uh, right. some, some networking of the ideas. But when I'm preaching, I'm just being, you know, well, you're preaching, you're preaching to the choir. You're telling us things we already know, right? And so I think it's important. And sometimes I, I'm hesitant to tell you things you already know because I think you already know them, <laughs> right? But I, I need to be evangelized, right? Like I need you to tell me the good news as often as we're together. <laughs> and how like, often have you read something you read a hundred times and the Holy Spirit just inspires that moment yeah. where it's like, hits you between the eyes, you see it in a whole new way. Um, there's been a lot of talk about teaching and preaching, and I just want to throw this out there, that I think in the culture we're in now, which has been called post-Christian, post-modern, whatever, I think preaching has picked up a lot more teaching because it used to be the assumption that people knew the stories, that people uh, just in culture knew the scripture. So, so I think in my approach now, you know, we have to lay a lot of groundwork. That's one of the reasons why we do the work, right? Yeah, we yeah, do that yeah. study all week. And if you don't know, like we start these series like weeks in advance. And then for sure, by Monday of that week, we have read the text that we're going to preach. But a lot of times we'll read the whole book ahead of time so we can kind of see where everything fits. And then then we let those kind of thoughts go throughout the week and we study. And 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 we are paid full time, a lot of us, to do that. And, uh, and that whole process, like we have to be able then to relay in a teaching and preaching mode. I think... Preaching is more teaching and preaching than it's ever been because yeah, sure, sure. because you can't assume that anyone knows anything. Yeah. But yet, like JJ said, they do know. So it's just finding the words to connect to what the Spirit is already saying. Absolutely. In on, their heart. on Mondays, so for our listeners, just to give you a little description of how this works, our, our preaching cohort gets together. Uh, we live across the country from one another, so we get on a Zoom call or some sort of digital format. Usually we're all on the Zoom call waiting for Michael to open the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The host will open the room shortly. <laughs> Truer than I want it to be. But, um, the, but we, we have that meeting on Mondays um, and as we, so that we can read the word together and di- then discuss it. Um, sometimes, if we're being honest, uh, we, the preparation of the text uh, kind of sometimes takes a back seat to to care for one another yeah so we end up praying for one another and and how was yeah. your week and how did how did sunday go and those sort of things um and we know each other and we know each other's children and wives and so it's <laughs> yeah. you know it's a growing relationship so it's a beautiful thing but but when we do the the work of this uh sometimes we end up in conversations like we're having right now about what is the point of what we're doing here because paul even calls foolishness calls preaching the, the foolishness of preaching, right? That right. people came to know Christ through the foolishness of preaching, <laughs> which is, which is you know, confounding to us because sometimes it's a strange thing to be the pontiff or the, you know. The pontificating pastor. Yeah. <laughs> the, the guy up there. Sorry, shameless plug. Or gal up there who's just talking about the word and everybody's listening and you're wondering, why are they all sitting there listening to me? Um, but 
in this conversation, and I think it might have been Joe. You might have been. You may need to speak to this a little bit, but um, we talked about vocabulary. Like what we are doing is offering a vocabulary lesson, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what we're coming when we bring the message. We're trying to frame um, the experience of life or the experiences of life with words uh, that help us connect to God and help us connect to the church and help us connect to other people. Joe and I were just talking about this before we got on the podcast about how many misunderstandings in church are because of vocabulary. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So maybe speak things. to that a little bit. Yeah, what were we talking about when we, when we encountered that? What, what, do you remember what the... Well, we were just talking about in general, you know, like understandings of words like justice or yeah, that's gospel. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or even the word gospel. We <laughs> right. we've been talking about that while we've been what does the gospel mean? Other yeah, so than just good news. We you know, we 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 hear these words like righteousness, justice, covenant, right? Very biblical, ancient words. Even grace. Grace. Even a simple yeah. word like grace. And and we we take those words and we apply them to our experience of church and life and and I think we come up with some sort of understanding but, but part of preaching is making sure that we are hopefully all on the same page about what these words mean. Because then things can go, if, if we're not, things can go really wildly off. And, you know, we've, I think we've all experienced times where folks got, got flustered about um, things that we've said or things that we've brought to the table, especially around uh, cultural hot buttons, right? Like justice is one of them. Yeah. Um, where, where definitions were different. Yeah. And so then um, we're, like we, had, we had to set to the hard work. Of, of figuring out, okay, what is the biblical definition? Yeah. What is the historical right. context? Not just because it's a hot button word today. Sure, not when I, we'd have to avoid the, or, or acknowledge that this is not a political conversation that I'm having. If it becomes motivative in the political arena, that's, I mean, that's going to happen. That causes people to action, you mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's actually do something. <laughs> that's, that's hopefully, you know, something that does take place. But when we start, we're trying to find out what the author yeah. Of, yeah. of that passage of Scripture meant. And and that's a dangerous thing to say, the author. Yes. A lot of people think God wrote it and hid it under a tree and somebody stumbled <laughs> on it. But it wasn't. It was like, so the preparation of preaching is trying to get back to the original preacher. Yeah, being the, so distant. Yeah. We just do the best we can. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I was even thinking about the word, we talked about the word sin. Yeah. Like, very different theological traditions emerge from how you define a simple word like sin. Right. And so, yeah, a lot of what we're doing is vocabulary. A lot of what we're doing is giving ourselves a language. Um, like I, I call it like creating culture. You know, when we when we we talked about this a little bit maybe in the Eucharist, but when we uh, we receive the Eucharist. We don't take the right. Eucharist. I mean, that's a simple difference in a word. We do take the offering. Yeah, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I learned yeah, that distinction, yeah. right, was in my first year of lead pastor, starting to, to be a part of that process, you know, Sunday in, Sunday out. Um, somebody reminded me, hey, pastor, we don't we don't take the offering. Yeah. We receive we're it. Not, like, we're oh, not yeah. taking it at gunpoint or anything. That's we're, right. <laughs> it's, it's freely given by the people. In the same way, grace is not something you can take. Yes. And yeah. so we always encourage our people even to put their cup, cupped hands out and we'll drop the bread in their hands. It's like you're receiving this. You're not even just taking it. And so, you know, we often like to think that our, our opening story or our, or our joke or, or, what, or some theologically profound statement we're going to make 
is the linchpin of all of our of all of our great sermons, um, though they may be few and far between. But a lot of times, the real aha moments are just that, right? Like just coming to see a very nuanced understanding of a word um, or the way in which we use language to talk to or about God, and that can open up whole new doors of of theological. Under, like some of our biggest uh, paradigm shifts happen yeah. in those moments where somebody says, oh, no, no, we don't take, we receive. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I think that's one of those. I think that our, 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 the non-Nazarene listeners will get this a little bit better, but the, the monks used to brew beer. That's what they did, right? Uh-huh. They, they, in monasteries, that happened. And, and I think there's, there's any GSs listening. We'll yeah. edit this part out. No, no, no <laughs> in, in, not, not Nazarene monasteries. <laughs> I, the first thing I learned to do in Southern Nazarene was, was distill alcohol. So, so yeah. I, but in chemistry lab, there's this amazing process that takes place when that context is key. Where people can't make beer, yeast doesn't, right? And yeah, so yeah, I think at some yeah. point we have to understand that we could put everything into this, all the prep work, all this meeting time, all this writing time, and then we have to step back and go, okay, that Holy Spirit thing that we teach about is going to take over. We have and to I, trust. Yeah. yeah, we have to trust because you've all had this happen where someone's come up to you after a sermon and been like, I can't believe you said this. It opened my eyes, and now my, my life has changed. And you're like, I didn't say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was that never... is one of the universal experiences yeah. of yeah, preachers, right? right? Yeah. yeah. But I was going to make that exact point and tie it back to the foolishness of preaching right. because mm-hmm. that is part of the foolishness oh, of yeah. preaching that Paul's talking about. It's, it's the fact that no one is able to do the task that we've been called to do. Right. And the best preachers work as hard as they can to, to give the best sermon they can and then realize, okay, this is still, you know, just nothing. Right. God has to take it to make it something. Yeah, at best you're building sets, yeah. right? Like yeah. at best you're, you're setting the stage. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the, God is inviting people into the story. Well, and yeah, we're, and we're, we're pointing just, people we're to God. We're yeah, like, right. you know, and to things they already know. Like, sure. like yeah, that's what I was saying about yeah. the whole thing. Like, we, we, we begin preaching long before we step up on stage. Yeah. You know, and, and we all yeah. have worship leaders that we love, and yeah. that without yeah. them, there's that there's that missing piece of when I step up to preach, I don't want to have to do that work of bringing people into the throne room. I want them already there. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. so so yeah. that the word is loud and they yeah. hear it right away. Yeah. You know. And, I like that too, and I would say that leads into the idea that preaching is relational. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. it is so hard. All of us at some point have been called to preach at events, uh-huh. and it's a very different thing yeah. than preaching at home where you know the people. Like It is a conversation yes. over time, and so you know, I grew up in some, some era where it was like we were going to get people to the altar that day, and we were going to make sure that you know this magical thing happened that would be the end all be all and that just like changes their status on Facebook. Now I'm Christian and everything's perfect and I'm going to heaven. It's like, but now we're, we're leading them on a journey. We're walking with them. God is leading them is a better way to say that, but, but it's a relational thing. So when I preach for my people, they know me, they, they, they know how dumb I am. Sometimes they know my corny jokes, but they also know my heart. They see me walk with them in the community. And so I think that's a big part of preaching that, doesn't get talked about as much. It's more about the technical aspects, but relationship. Right. We, t- I mean, because preaching happens in other places besides church. Right. Uh, right. You know, well, my talk- wife preaches <laughs> to me. <laughs> Hi, Paula. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I love you. Well, we're gonna edit that out. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, Nate is the editor, so I guess he'll do it at once. I'll leave it. She loves me. She loves you. Um, well, but they're, I mean, we call them bully pulpits, right? And, yeah. Um, and preaching happens a lot of places. Sometimes it happens on a street corner where somebody's yelling into the bullhorn, or, you know. Um, and sometimes it's happening on TV, on whatever, oh, yeah. whatever uh, you know, television show you might be watching. Sometimes people will walk away going, well, that got really preachy. You ever you watch know? the end of a movie and there's like a monologue that's basically a sermon? It's, <laughs> yeah, like, it's like the point of the whole thing. That was like every 90s sitcom. Yeah, they had that right. moment at the dinner it's table. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So just that preaching is not exclusive to church. Um, hopefully uh, there's gospel, there's good news in the, in the sermon, in the, in the preaching. And hopefully if we're harping on something, it's something joy-filled and gracious and loving, and it's about a God who has not turned God's back on us. Yeah, how much of it is, is just creating a healthy image of God? Because in our society and in our world, images of God are distorted. Every atheist or agnostic I've talked to, uh, uh, every most at least, you know, the idea of their, the God they see, I'm like, I don't really believe in that God either. Like, right. you know. Right, yeah. So part of preaching is creating healthy understanding of who God is. Yes. Yeah. There's something beautiful about the oral traditions that we've had throughout all of our church, like the, from Judaism to, to Islam to Christianity, we have these oral traditions. So there's something about speaking out loud to each other too and saying those things out loud, the things that yeah. we think we know, but then yeah. saying them, hey, like just imagine, I tell my wife I love her multiple times a day. She knows that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's something about that, the, the, the out loudness of it, the, the thing that we're just getting it out there. So to pro proclaim those things over people that bring everything into church on Sunday. And I, I, I dislike that phrase. Okay, for this next hour, just forget about your week. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I want you to bring your week in <laughs> yeah, because I want the gospel to come into that week. Yeah, I, yeah, I want good. the sermon to Absolutely. enter into that week. Not Don't, don't like clear your mind and Absolutely. sit down. People uh, like to listen to people talk. I mean, there's these things called podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and for some reason, a, few just a, couple of, a couple of goofy guys <laughs> sure. get on a podcast and people want to listen to it. And I'm like, why? Right. <laughs> it's part of who we are, that oral yes. tradition. Yes. Yeah, that's right. and, it, and when you're, sometimes I know JJ had just said that he, we're the background for a disc golf round or a, a jog or a hike or whatever. But um, sometimes it, it just feels like a, we need somebody to have a conversation with. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a sounding board, those kind of things. And that's what people come to Sunday morning. Like some people come to church to sing praise. Mm. And right. some people come because we've got a built-in babysitter. And some people <laughs> yeah. come because and they uh, need that because they are just weary from the week and they need prayer. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and some people really come because they want to have the word of God. Like we just did this series in Ecclesiastes, which is a tough, tough book for us to. And you know how many people said to me, "I have never heard anybody preach on Ecclesiastes." You know what? Because it's not fun. It's not it's easy. easy. <laughs> and um, so, but I also had people say. I don't know that I ever would have even read Ecclesiastes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My wife said that. If yeah. you didn't, if you didn't do a series on it's it, it's not in any many devotion books. No, maybe not maybe to everything turn turn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, about it. that's about it. But so sometimes it's 
they're just they need a place to sound. You know, they don't. We don't. You don't have to agree with the sermon. You don't have to agree with it, but you you probably do need to critically think about the Word of God. I love it when people want to talk to me, even if they don't agree. Like any kind of feedback, like Mm -hmm. you said this. Can you go into a little more detail? I'm and not I sure. Think, I'm I think you. that's something people don't always recognize too, is because it because it comes all at one time in proclamation. Um, it doesn't feel participatory, but it is. Like the yeah. the act of preaching is participation. Speaking on both of participation, sides. how much does it help you when you have the ameners in your eye? Oh, in your so I mean, right? much. So it is participatory. It like is. When, you when want people a better engage with a, the like, sermon. If you want the energy level to go up from your preacher, just start throwing out yeah. some amens. Yeah, yeah you start yelling amen. Preachers get better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly yeah, that's right. Boring. I think all of y'all have now met Miss Curly. Joe grew up oh, yes. Miss Curly. Mm-hmm. But Miss Curly is the matriarch of our church, and she gives me the amens, and the oh my's are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh my means oh, I, my. I'm, I'm stepping on toes a little bit. Oh and, man, you said that, and I could hear her saying it. It's <laughs> been. 25 years I can hear her saying it that's awesome so one time I was preaching and I I, I did the kind of build up the straw man and then knock it down uh-huh. yeah. and she was with me on the straw man and then when I knocked it down she said oh my <laughs> <laughs> so I led the congregation for those of you I, I'm using terminology maybe I just led them down a path that I was going to then knock knock the bottom out of yeah. and uh to say no, that's not really what it is. And when I did it, she said, "And that oh participation um, was stolen from us during the shutdown, right? Like, right. Yeah. we all had to figure that out camera doesn't say how to change. Yeah, how to our preaching when we were speaking to an empty room and a camera. And I, um, I use humor a lot. And when you don't hear that laugh from the camera, you don't yeah. know if it lands or not. And if I don't have a drummer to do a rim shot behind yeah. me, people yeah. don't hear the laugh. And listen, I, I've written, I've written byline like lines that go off in tangents, right?" Like, when I'm thinking about the sermon, I'm thinking, if this goes this direction, then I'm going to carry it and go a little bit farther. Like, yeah. I've got little, if, if it was... You call if, audible? If I look out, yes. If I look out and people aren't getting it, I've got two more examples That's in my right. pocket yep. to help people get it. So I'm reading the room. Anytime I'm preaching, yeah. I'm trying to read the room because I just don't know how to preach without the room. And so my sermons during COVID... And the shutdown were just tough. So I was trying to Shelly's yeah. she loves me. And but I can't trust her reactions are similar to anybody else's, you know, because she she's rooting for me all yeah. the time. Kind and, of predisposed to lie. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so she would be in the room often, but man, that was you're right, Joe, that was tough. It was hard. It was really tough. And yet, how you know, like through persistence and, and hard work, right, you know, folks would, would, would send an email or, yeah. you know, yeah. weeks later like I'm so glad that you preached on whatever, right? Oh yeah. This this spoke to me, and that that all those things we've talked about did still continue. It just felt really weird in the moment because we yeah. weren't getting there immediate, was yeah, feedback. Well, and the other thing with that you talked about a little bit earlier, we needed each other during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's more for those of you listening than are here. We were the only ones that were able to make the trip, but we have more people with us. Um, but. I think that's a whole other part of preaching is if the minister is not formed mm-hmm. in in the gospel, like if we are not healthy, yeah. uh, the sermon suffers. And so yeah. that preliminary talk that we do to encourage one another, especially during the shutdown, like it is a lifeline. And, you know, a lot of people left ministry during the shutdown mm-hmm. and you know, there are days where we were all very tired and weary. Right, right. It felt like we were 
doing less but doing more because it was all online and we tried to figure <laughs> everything out. And it was it was a weird weird deal. So yeah, well, preaching was strange. What, yeah, when pastors have a, aren't able to gather because that's what pastors do, right? We gather people together and then we share in the word together. And when you can't gather. And it's really hard to figure out how to share. And yeah. you, we lost that balance of word and table. Word and yeah, table, right? It was yeah, really hard to figure out how we do Eucharist. Like yeah. how do we how do we balance the the word with yeah. this amazing uh, sacrament of grace that we can't do right. unless you make it yourself and have it in your own family. But then there, there's yeah. something holy about administering the sacrament. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, oh, and, and when you don't get to do that, it's it, it's really hard. Yeah. I, I want to bring up one more thing. I know probably we're, we're getting close to being time up, but um, I was thinking about the call to preach. So when I went on sabbatical, we, we don't think people just say, oh, I want to preach. I'm going to go study to preach. You know, I'm just going to take these classes. We, we believe there's a moment when we're called. And it took me a long time, honestly, to figure that out. But the reason I knew I was still called to preach, when I went on sabbatical, I was gone for 13 weeks. And about six weeks in, I was like, I'm going to die if I don't give a sermon to somebody. So Paula got a few of those sermons. It was like a fire. Yeah. And then when I came back, man, I was on fire. I was like, I was just preaching my heart out. And then I realized my people are exhausted because it was right after the pandemic. And I had to kind of pull back and, and yeah. like you said, read the room. Read the room. Because... I, they weren't ready to charge, you know. They needed to recharge. Like there was some things that needed to be done, some shepherding, and so they that needed even you to take them through all thirteen weeks of energy building. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's part of preaching too, is being able to understand your context, what your people need. We all we planned this year. We worked hard while we were here that's for right. all my people, <laughs> but we all know we can call an audible if the spirit says. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Your people time, need to hear this. Can we ask this question? I'd just be curious. Have you, have you ever stepped in? Well, have you ever stepped in, having written a sermon that you were pretty proud of, and you got in there and preached something entirely different because the Spirit was just directing you in oh, a yeah. different way? Shoveling yeah. snow off the sidewalk on a Sunday morning. Yeah. I've had my sermon changed more times. Than <laughs> just not, I'm, just, I'm clearing the driveway or the little walkway, and it's like, oh, I'm not preaching that today. Yeah, it's, it's almost always, it starts for me on the Saturday night toss and turn. I'm trying to sleep Saturday night. I can't do it. I've got this great sermon, and I'm telling the Lord, I've worked so hard on this, but you can, you can feel it. It's like starting to change. And then Sunday morning comes, like, all right. And then at some point you give in and say, yeah, all right, let's do this next thing. I have fought it up until I was, had the mic in hand. Oof, yeah. You know, like, oh, I've done that. Then, and and, and for your all heart's your, pounding. Yeah, and <laughs> so for all you congregants, right, when you see the pastor get up there and then there's that pause, the pause that's not normally there, yeah. that's that moment where the pastor's thinking, Am I about to change this? I think I am. And for me, you'll see me rock back and forth. Yeah. When I'm nervous, I'll start my heart start beating, and I'll be like, because I can't, I, you yeah. can't see that on the podcast. I'm moving. <laughs> <laughs> just, we're just having so much fun because we're finally in the room together. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, those those things do happen, and I think you know, that's that's just all part of preaching. Um, but I think that call is really important because I. I would have quit a long time ago, just to be honest. Like there, sure. are, there are days, and every profession has them. Pastoring gets really hard some days, and and uh, the old joke is you you know throw your resignation letter through the window on a, with a brick you know, attached to it <laughs> on Monday. Hop in the U-Haul and go. Yeah, I think like the call has kept call, me. Without yeah. that call, the state because I all through school. Um, 
my, every preaching class I, I did, I, I didn't do very well in. Um, I was either told, you're not a comedian, you're a preacher, stop telling so many jokes, or you need to write it out this way, this is the format a sermon needs to be done. And like, I, I think if I hadn't had that call so strongly, I would have walked away then. Because yeah, I, sure. I was told constantly, I'm not going to be good at this. Man, and those professors could not have known, right, that 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 style, that uniqueness that you bring to the table would be so necessary right. in a cohort like this, where some of us don't bring any humor to the table and like and need that help. Um, yeah, and, and my 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 call was very very preaching oriented. It was I was at a, a missionary uh, service, and it was about a tribe that didn't speak English, and I, I felt God say to me, "You speak a language that nobody else speaks. Go speak that language." And so uh, when I was in those yeah. classes, I'm like, "You can say all you want to, but that's awesome." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and but knowing that because he told me that when we first met years and years ago, uh, twenty four or five years ago now, um, he that was part of the story of getting to know JJ. And then he comes to Snyder, Texas, where I'm pastoring, this little bitty church. And, uh, and I preach, and he walks up, and he goes, yeah, I wouldn't know what to say to these people. <laughs> because it was so, such a different culture yeah. from, from where he was from. And, and I heard that through the lens of his calling. And I went, oh, you mean, like, you think I'm called particularly to this moment in this place at this time to preach the word to these people and over the years people have asked me about my calling and they said when did you know you were called to this or called to that I said I'm not call I'm called to right here right now mm -hmm. and and that's essential it has to be a, a time and a place preaching yeah. right because I, I just don't I don't know how to preach to everybody all at once but, I, yeah. but, but if I've been there when they were in the hospital and I've been there whenever they, they were struggling through this or struggling through that, or I've laughed with them. I mean, just, it doesn't always have to be a, you know, couched in struggle. It could, it could, be, right. it could be framed in, in just life together. You've seen the bumper sticker, no one knows what you, or no one cares what you know until they know that you care. Yes. Right? That's how it's got to be. Yeah, that's kind of. Yeah, my call to actually preach, I was a youth pastor for years, but like to be the person that gets up and preaches was, while I was preaching, and my hmm. lead pastor was out of town, and his wife was there, and she sensed it the same time I did during this. I assume about the same time in the service because I was speaking, and God spoke and said, "This is what I want you to do." And she came up to me after I had told my pastor, and she was like, "I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because I didn't want to tell you this. I don't want you to think I was trying to kick you out, but God told me you're not going to be here much longer. Wow. Like yeah. while you were preaching, like wow. she could just." Since that God was leading me that way, I've had Jeff? people in my church tell me that before. Yeah. For reasons, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're going to be here much longer. <laughs> have you have you ever had somebody tell you that you were wrong in the middle of a sermon? Uh, yeah. Have I, you been heckled? <laughs> I have at a. Um, we were feeding like soup kitchen, and there was a guy in the back that was drunk, and he just started talking back, you know. Yeah. And you just gotta talk, and you know. Just work through it. I've never had anybody say it out loud, but you can see it in the body yeah. language sometimes. Oh, yeah. I have had three occasions where people yelled something negative at me while I was in the middle of the sermon. Yeah. yeah. And I've had two where somebody got up and walked out. Mm -hmm. Two different yeah. people. Wow. Yeah. I apologize for that. <laughs> I think I'm I was. Over I really had to go to the bathroom. I'm telling you. It was just that. Joe, I think I was there for your call. Was it NYC? It was NYC? Yeah, yeah 99. Yep. Yeah. I was. I took you on that trip. I went running down to that altar. That was a great trip. Cried like a baby. 
Best NYC, Canada. Best NYC ever. That's ever. right. It'll it will never, never be, be beat. Yeah. Can't be done. So, yeah. Um, yeah, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, any last fun. words about preaching you want? Not last words. <laughs> you guys can say last words at my funeral if I die. I will say, I will say this. Sometimes I was led to believe, and I've probably said this before, but I'm a, I, it's preaching. We're talking about Yeah, just remind us the thing we know. Um, but oftentimes... When I was growing up, I thought what was coming from that pulpit was the final word. Mm. And but oh, that's when I, when I preach, I think that this is a conversation along a journey, at best. Yeah, it's not it's not a final word. I have a good friend who's a rabbi up here at Lake Tahoe, and whenever he speaks at an event that we're doing together, he'll leave, and for the next hour outside of his out of the venue, they're arguing with his people, like they're they're they're, <laughs> they're dissecting and going back and forth, and there's that dialogue that yeah, it's not yeah. this is not. The word of the Lord, boom. You know, it, it, this is this. Hey, let's start a conversation and let's keep this going. Yes. You that's know, good. that was the table the mic was on, right? Yeah, that's I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. I'm new to this, man. There's a, term, there's a term for that, right? It, mid, midrash, right? Yeah. That, that yes. back and forthness yeah. of, of the task of preaching. Or, or And uh, I love binding and loosening, right? All we're yeah. doing is we're binding and loosening for a moment. So yeah. And along with that, I think when I was growing up, at least I thought, and I think it was more common generationally to give off the image that you had it together right. as the person up there. Mm -hmm. And when I preach, my people know that because, right. you know, it's like I'm on this journey with you. Hey, here's what I've come to this word and let's stand under the text together. Yeah. Like the text is going to take center stage. God's going to speak through his spirit, through his word, and I'm standing under it like you. I'm not the master of this whole thing, you know. I'm yeah. I got a master's of divinity and that's the that's the funniest title of anything. No one ever masters the divine. <laughs> <laughs> Who made that up, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I told my family, I have mastered the divine. That's that's good, Nate. I think that's so important. I, I was thinking about this a few weeks ago and totally forgot about it, but I think you can tell when pastors are at their best in their own life when they're saying we. Right when pastors yeah. are saying we, and you can tell when things are starting to fall apart, and I've seen this in my own life when that pastor unconsciously or consciously is starting to say you, like something is breaking down when the yous are starting to come out. Yeah, there are very little things that I know that I know. Yeah, and a right. phrase that I like to use is, "I think I know." This is what the scripture saying. Yeah, yeah. like mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. But. Yeah. Well, you guys have noticed this week even that I, I put a caveat on yeah. everything. <laughs> yes, we do. Pretty much unconditional. It's kind of exactly this. It's, it's kind, kind of exactly, this. yeah. Mostly all the time. <laughs> That's just my personality because yes. I don't want to overstate no. things. But, well, we love you guys. I, I'm, I know Michael's thankful. I'm thankful you guys are with us. Absolutely. This has been, this whole week has been really life-giving, but having you on the podcast too, so... Glad to be here. It's awesome. Thanks for Hope we invite. get to do it again more often. So, all right. We'll see you next week, Michael. All right. Take care, Nate. Love you. Love you too. See ya. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.